0: show a couple of photos, if, if if we can, of Ollie, and I don't know how this happened, because I was with you in a meeting on Tuesday night, and then I'm looking at Instagram the next day, and then you're in the Kosciuszko Mountains, trailblazing. I don't know if we can get these photos up, but um, is it possible? Yeah, we're trying. Are we still trying? Give us what? Just a couple of moments. I, I do want to show, it because they're amazing, man. I'm in a lounge room at Wherever you are in a suburb north of here, and then next day you're in you've got the full ski suit on, literally sleeping in the snow, and uh, you know you you you, the summit this one summit two summits three four summits, and uh, it's going to help me with my preach if we can see those see those pictures. But um, it's awesome. Um. Can I sh- uh, is there a photo of the women's? Did I send you, Tim, a photo of the women's group that Chris Pringle did? I, I might just put that up in the meantime till I get the others up. I do just want to premise this message with, with this. Um, this message is, is powerful. Uh, I-, I saw this yesterday on Instagram, and, of course, Chris Pringle, that's the boss's wife there in the middle, and um, they've been down at a women's conference in, in NZ, and these are all the, the, uh, the top leaders of the New Zealand area. And uh, they just had a fantastic women's um, conference. And this is the after party, maybe. And, and I've realized that the conference must be about fearless uh, C3NZ leaders after an awesome preach, soul saved, and fear beheaded. Fear beheaded. So that, and, and see the two words, fearless and then fear beheaded. So... I gather it must have been about the subject of fearlessness, uh, uh, fear as opposed to faith. So that's what I want to talk to you this morning about. And I thought, isn't that amazing that they were talking about it? But I love that statement there, fear beheaded. And I want to talk about that this morning. Is that cool? I want to talk about uh, the subject of faith and, and the opposition that we have living on this planet is fear. And actually, it can be a spirit of fear. It can be more than just you over-concerned. It actually can be a spirit, uh, and I want to talk about that. I want to give you a bit of a backdrop of uh, where this message comes from. The, the Old Testament, so let's start it. Um, also, I read this in one of my little... Uh, one of my, ah, here we go. These guys are crazy. Uh, Ollie and... Where are you guys? Stand up, Ollie. I just say, you real people, this is not... I didn't get these guys out of some sort of photography, uh, you know, and th- these guys, I'm with this guy Tuesday night doing database training, and then the next day he's showing me photos like this, and just keep rotating them, that's great, is that, is that at night, yeah. sunset? These guys are crazy. <laughs> I, I, I want to see the one with the dog face, too. I don't mind seeing that. Uh, is this a summit? Yeah. Is that Kosciuszko, is it? That's, that's the summit, Kosciuszko. This is truly you guys. You just didn't do Photoshop, did you? Is this the little hut you stayed in? Is it you walked up, knocked on the door, doors, an old man in there, and he's been there for about 40 years. He, he robbed a bank, and he's, he's been hiding out. Huh? He hadn't eaten for a while, but is this you truly sleeping in the snow? This is awesome. And what's that? That's the hut, and that's the summit. Minus ten. You had all the right gear, of course, but you literally slept in the snow while we were under our dunas. and you know we we're in our safe houses. But these guys decide to. I love that. That that's awesome, man. That that's man. That, this is this is fantastic stuff. And that's the summit of Mount Kosciuszko. Just to say it's, it's true. I love that. Wow. Wow. Well, that's going to help me understand. Uh, that's going to help me explain some stuff. Um, this is a statement also I got that alludes to the same subject. So many people, this is in a leadership blog that I subscribe to, so many people are looking at what can go wrong in order to survive, and they don't play to win. They don't play to win. And and then the next statement says, are you playing to win? Are you playing to win? Are you focusing on defending yourself or taking uh, the offense and living on purpose? The fact is that we have already won because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Uh, We have the keys that will empower us to live successfully. The Holy Spirit, the Word, uh, prayer, and more. We have the promises of God for a bright future. We don't have to just survive. We can thrive. This picture that you're looking at behind me is, um, is a picture of uh, the promised land. And in the Old Testament is a picture book as you would show your children pictures until they can read. The Old Testament is like a picture book of illustrations and truths and principles that are spiritual and that we now can learn from. We can learn from the picture book called the Old Testament. And one of the great pictures that I love is the story of um, God's people, the Israelites, the nation of Israel, being released. Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. Pharaoh is a type of uh, Satan that has held God's people back in captivity. Moses is our fearless uh, leader in this case, and God propositions him to go and set my people free. God's people are, in fact, set free across the Red Sea. They follow Moses we are in fact set free when we follow Jesus, amen? We follow Jesus. We gave our life to Him. We've crossed over the Red Sea, but they went through this wilderness uh, very quickly, in fact. They came to the east bank of the Jordan. They looked at the promised land, and in fact, it looked awesome from a distance. But when they sent 12 spies out to spy out the land, The 12 spies came back uh, with a report that it was indeed a good land. Pomegranates, clusters of grapes. The place was just so resourceful, it was ridiculous. Compared to the wilderness, this place had everything for splendid living. In fact, this represents a little bit like the Garden of Eden. In the beginning, before the fall and before sin set in, the, the life that God, God placed humanity into Eden, a place of peace and tranquility and love and ah, oh, the relationship with God in the Garden of Eden was just beautiful. And in fact, God's people were released out of captivity and they were beckoned by a promise that there is a promised land, just like you have been beckoned when you got saved, there is a promised land of you being made whole completely because of the finished work of Christ Jesus on the cross, you can have health, you can have your soul prospering and generous and laughing and celebrating and going to the Kosciuszko Mountains and enjoying yourself on the adventure of a lifetime because you got faith to go on a great adventure in life, amen? And so... This promised land was a real land, but the 12 spies came back and said, it is a good land. But 10 of them said, but there's giants in the land. And the two other spies, who were they? Joshua and Caleb says, yes, but there's giants, but let's go and deal with them and let's get in there, enter, possess, and get in there and let's let's fight the fight of faith. Let's go and do what we got to do. Enter in, possess is all the, um, the key phrases that we normally use as preachers. Enter in, possess, take possession of the land, just like we've taken possession of this land. Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit, the Bible says. They had a different spirit. Although they could see the giants, the other guys were saying, man, we're just like grasshoppers. They were looking at themselves and saying, who are we? We're just so insignificant. Who are we to go to the Kosciuszko Mountains? We're not going there, man. But these guys go, man, we're going to the Kosciuszko Mountains, man. We're going, man. We're going to get some clobber on. And we're going up and up and up. And we're going to camp. And we're going to take that summit in Jesus' name. Amen? Some Christians, some people are just like that. They go for their best life. And they go for the promised land. And I've seen it. But I don't see it enough. Amen? I don't see enough Christians after they've got salvation, after they've come out of Egypt, after they've come out of darkness, I don't see enough of them coming out of the wilderness, going through the Jordan. The Jordan is typically what the black man sang about, going through the Jordan, going to lay my life down. It is. The Jordan is about laying your life down. Some people don't want to lay their life down. They're just happy with their salvation. And they're just in the wilderness now, and they're just saying, well, this is nice. The Christian life is grand, and I I will, you know, man, there's not much to do here, but it's pretty sparse, and man, I thought there was going to be more. But there is more, but it's in the promised land. Unfortunately, the nation, man, in its early inception as a nation, it turned from the promised land fearing the giants. You know what? There wasn't a lot of giants. There were giants. There were seven nations that represented giants, but there wasn't a lot of them. They could have taken them. They could have taken those giants and gotten into that promised land. But they turned back, and the Bible says, for 40 years they roamed in the wilderness, not because of the giants, but because of their unbelief, their unbelief, not because the giants were too big or, 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 or there was too many of them. It was because, because of unbelief. And so this morning, we need to recognize one of these giants and one of these spirits that is still prevailing on the planet now. Now, the Bible is a, a picture book. I said that. A picture paints a thousand words. Amen? Amen should see what Julie's painting at the moment. She's learning. She's doing art classes. She thought she could paint before. You should see what she's doing now. It is awesome, awesome. And so what we've got to realize is that these spirits that were over these fallen nations, there were seven nations that were opposing God's people in the Promised Land. One of the, one of the nations was the Hittite nation. Now, Bible names are important in the Bible they mean something. Jacob means usurper, liar. Um, Peter means rock. Amen. Bible names are always important. The Bible name for this particular tribe, Hittite, meant this, and I've got to get the true description, so just bear with me. You doing all right? Give the Lord a hand. You look too too rested. Yeah, yeah. Keep clapping while I find myself. Yeah. (laughs) I love Joshua and Caleb. I love these type of people. I love people that go to the Kosciuszko Mountains, and, and I love it. Go forth and conquer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've said that. Yeah. The Hittite nation. Yeah. Okay, so the Hittite word means this, dread, fear, affright, sacred, terrified. Uh, scared, I should say, not so good, scared, terrified, broken, and amazed. The spirit actually still prevails today. This is what we've got to understand. So you can be scared for good reason, but then you can be fearful, for, and it's really backed up by a spirit. It doesn't come by your five senses as much it comes by a, 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 a spiritual, even a supernatural thing. It's like a it's like a devilish thing, actually. It comes from, from the pit of hell. It comes from Satan, who comes by his spirit to plant something in you, to make you shudder, to make you afraid, to stop you moving forward, to stop you going to the Kosciuszko Mountains, because you think there's going to be a blizzard, and there's going to then be a uh, an avalanche, and then you think you're going to freeze to death, and then you think that you're going to run out of food, and then you think that you're going to lose your way, and then you think that you've forgotten something at home, your compass, and it's just going to be a disaster. And I don't want to go, Luke and Ollie. I just don't want to go. Fear can be, it can stop people. It can stymie people. You know, understanding this? Timothy, let's go to the New Testament now. That's enough background. Sometimes behind our problems in our life, in securing our best life, in our health, in our marriage, in our business, sometimes there is something even behind the background of that problem, sometimes it could be a spirit of fear. That's why that uh, statement up there, cutting the head off the spirit of fear. Some people are gripped by fear. They're worried. They're worried. They're worried about their children. They're worried. They won't let them out of the house. They're worried. They're worried about their money. They're fearful to give. They're fearful to to, to, there's been rich people in the, the greatest misers in the world have been people who are billionaires. They're so fearful to even turn the light on, to spend anything, to give anything, because they're fearful to give. It's a, it's a spirit of fear, and it's the Hittite spirit. The spirit still prevails today to undermine people's faith, causing even a bondage of fear to immobilize God's people. Fear is not from God, and we can see this in Timothy when Paul writes to Timothy and he says to him, three occasions in the first chapter of the second letter to Timothy, Paul exhorts Timothy not to be ashamed. It's amazing how many people are ashamed of, of, of saying to other people that they're saved in their workplace, in their school, whatever, and they try and keep, they, I call them secret agent Christians. Secret, do you know that is a Christian? He's not a Christian. I've worked with that guy five years. He goes to church. You sure, man? Yeah, man. I saw him. Man, I saw him the other day. He had a Bible. Yeah, it couldn't be true. They walk up to you. You Christian? What do you mean? Who told you that? Who said that? So 2 Timothy 1.7 says, and he says this on purpose, Paul, the Apostle Paul, in the New Testament now. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of s- self-discipline. This was a major scripture to myself when I first started to come to church in the 1980s. This scripture was reiterated so many times by so many preachers. Put up your hand if you remember that. So many preachers used to use that because it's so true. There is a spirit of fear, but the spirit that Christ gave us is a spirit of of what? Love, power, and sound mind. It's awesome. I love it how it says in the, um, the Amplified Version, it says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven, cringing, and fawning fear, but He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm, well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. Does that help? So the root cause of fear, I mean, uh, I guess just to help some people, fear is not from God. We established that. But if you go back to the book of Genesis in chapter 3.10, it says this, The same day Adam sinned and his eyes were opened to the powers of darkness, and he shamelessly confessed to God, he says this in Genesis 3.10, I heard your voice and I was afraid. And then you see Abraham was afraid. He lied about Sarah because he was afraid to be killed. He lied about her, and he got her all mixed up. And and then David had a struggle with the Hittite spirit being afraid at times. It says that. David is quite open about that. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, constantly says, and he often says before he delivers someone and heals someone, he says, fear not, to show his opposition to the spirit, the Hittite spirit. He's saying around these people, fear not. And then he begins his, his ministry of healing and deliverance. So he knows that there is a spirit that grips people. And in opposition to that, he says, fear not. In his anointing, with his authority, fear not. It's a beautiful thing when you can hear that for yourself. Of course, Christians are also confronted. Every step of our life, we're confronted with this uh, opposition and, and this risk of fear in, in taking ground for our life and standing up for who we are in Christ and doing what God's called us to do. I mean, it's it's normal part of life. How does the root of fear happen? It can happen through abnormal relationships. A dominating critical attitude by parents can cause their children to be afraid. Um, you can develop unfounded phobias because of just being overbearing, too protective, um, too protective, and, of course, our children end up worrying and being concerned so much that it ends up becoming constraining to them. And they end up with some, you know, personality uh, disposition that is afraid to even, uh, I guess, even express themselves to their friends even, to their family and whatever. It's an unfortunate thing, but it can happen. Um, root cause. Job says, Job 325 says, what I feared has come upon me, what I dreaded has happened to me. <laughs> we had, went to um, a missions trip in Fiji and we had this girl, was back in 94. We had this beautiful lady and she w- had this great camera and she was taking a lot of photos. She loved photography, but she was so fearful of this camera. She wouldn't let it go. She wouldn't let it out of the sight. And we went to this water hole <laughs> And um, we could tell she was really concerned. It was quite obvious she was really concerned about her camera being stolen. And we went for a swim. She went for a swim. We went for a swim in this waterhole, beautiful waterhole, running water, absolutely. As soon as we went in, someone came out of the bush and disappeared back into the bush. What you fear most comes upon you. We could, even the men didn't have enough time to react. We went, did you see that? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was just like bush. We just didn't, couldn't do anything. What you fear most does come upon you. Understanding fear is understanding how the mind works. And uh, the mind is brilliant. It can do awesome stuff. It can invent. It can architecturally build cities and bridges and scientific breakthroughs and everything that we see and have the privilege to be blessed by is by the mind. But the mind is our most awesome tool to use to live by faith by. Our mind needs to be sanctified. It needs to be renewed, and we need to be careful of what we put in our mind. I love this uh, where it says in 2 Corinthians 11.3, I know I'm moving along, but I need to uh move along quite because I want to get to some of the the tools of how to renew your mind and uh to establish faith it's important to understand this two corinthians eleven three says uh and this this is amazing again it talks about in the Garden of Eden and that relationship broken with God and then. The enemy being able to infiltrate our minds and uh, and things go astray. 2 Corinthians 11:3 says, "But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds, say your minds, may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ." That's a powerful. Did that scripture go up, guys? Yeah, fantastic. That is a powerful scripture. The mind can be sanctified. We know that. Paul, by the way, is the genius on understanding the mind and how and how it ticks and how we need it to be sanctified for, for it to serve us. 2 Timothy 1.7 again says, But God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. The mind is actually the of. Battlefield of faith. It's in the mind. Our state of mind, Paul describes the mind of the believer this way. Uh, Colossians 1 in the Amplified Version, it says, Estranged and alienated from him, hostile attitude of mind in your wicked activities. That's strong language, but it, it's true. Uh, in another passage, he speaks of the, the, the unbeliever as Ephesians 2.3 says, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind. Cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. is this helping someone? Is this helping someone? It's obvious that the unregenerate mind is open to the powers of darkness to corrupt it, infiltrate it and cause it to be even hostile to God. It's not a good day if that's happening. The good news for us as born-again believers is that, that we don't need to have a carnal mind, a carnal mind. Is just your mind subscribing to all the five senses. What are they? The seeing, the hearing, the smelling, the tasting, the touching. If you just subscribe to those as your reference in life, in trying to live a Spirit-filled life, you're not going to go too far because God is constantly trying to reach us by His Spirit. And those who are led by the Spirit have a spiritual mind. We don't just live carnally. Some people live by what they see, hear, smell, taste. It's a bit like a dog, isn't it? Just My dog will eat all sorts of things. I mean it's crazy what my dog will eat, just to taste it. Just to why do dogs do that? So What influences our mind, our spiritual mind, because now we're born again? It's the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is what you allow to, I guess, impress upon you and influence you. The kingdom of God. It's His kingdom that's ruling and reigning all throughout this world, believe it or not. And it has the ability to communicate to you in all sorts of wonderful ways. The Bible speaks of it like this in 1 Corinthians 2.16, the mind of Christ we have the mind of Christ. Why? Because the Bible says we're new creations. 2 Corinthians 5:17, 5:17 says we're new creations. When you when you were born again, your mind became regenerated. It became it became alive to God. That now you can hear intuitively, instinctively. You can your your the ears. and the the eyes of your heart can see God and hear God. You couldn't do that before you were saved. Romans 12, 2 says it like this, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is this helping someone? And this is exactly what we need to do when we get saved and come out into this place of knowing, okay, there is more, but it can only happen as you see it, believe it, hear it, sense it, and you go, yes, I'm going for that. The carnal or spiritual mind, Romans 8, 6, the Amplified Version says it like this. Speaking to believers, Paul says, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason, without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death, which comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. There's peace, man. I bet these guys who are walking across the tundra of the Kosciuszko Mountains, they're they're just a peace man. They're not worried. Just the Holy Spirit is comforting them and counseling them. When you guys go surfing, man, it's the same thing. You go surf big waves, even in Indonesia and overseas, and and, um, you're you're apparently going for another surfing trip, are you, soon? And uh, you, 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 fear doesn't grip you. You've got a healthy respect. <laughs> I want you to bring some photos back, guys. I don't want to see fear on you either. <laughs> Whose report are you going to believe? Three three places you can hear a report. You can re- hear a natural report, what the doctor said naturally to, to Colleen about Tim. You could even hear... Satan's report, which you said you had some strange, odd dreams, and those dreams were maybe, you know, saying awkward things to you, or we could hear God's report. Whose report are you going to believe? This is the thing. Matthew six twenty five and thirty one and thirty four says Jesus says it. Um, he, he talks about on on the it, through the sermon. On the mount, and he says, Take no thought for your life. He understands the battle in the mind. He says this also, talking about anxiety and worry. This is Jesus, and he's saying, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? I I once knew someone who was so worried about having food in the fridge that I actually saw them have a panic attack. She was a mother, fair enough. She had a small child, fair enough. But I actually saw her almost have a panic attack because she didn't have food. And there was food, but there wasn't enough. And Jesus is saying here, take no thought. Don't don't take that anxious thought. Don't take that fearful thought. Don't do that. Take no thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't allow that anxiety to have its way with you. Proverbs 3.25 says, Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be with your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. This is powerful. So the battle lines are drawn, the battle lines are drawn, and we need to realize it's a battle in the mind. And if we don't, if we don't have our mind renewed, and if we don't hear God's voice and know the preferred version of God through His Word and for the events that unfold in our life, We could easily default to the negativity of whatever our bent is and whatever our disposition is. You could easily default to that. Some of us have been grown up by parents that went through a lot of hardship in the war, in the depression even, and we were having a favorite saying, turn out the light, uh, close the the door of the fridge. What What was the favorite saying they used to have? Close the, turn out the light. Shut the door. We're, we're poor, you know, or something. we're battlers, you know. And so a lot of us grew up with that fear of never having enough, the fear of lack. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love it. 2 Corinthians 10.3, hitting at home now. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We're not fighting against giants, physical giants, but we're fighting against the spirit of fear that's still out there. And you know what, my friends? A lot of people suffer from it. You'd be surprised who suffers from fear. Even the strongest guys, even the, you know, well-to-do business people and well-to-do people suffer from fear. Their fear of dying, fear of being sick, fear, fear, fear. And we should be so blessed to have this assurance that we don't have to live under this giant of the spirit of the age. We don't have to do that. We live by faith because we have a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. 2 Corinthians 10.3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Say power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love what Jesus does in that tussle with the enemy in the desert in the the 40 days of temptation. Jesus is baptized now. He goes into the wilderness and the Satan tries to have his way with him but in the end in Matthew 4 10 it says Jesus said to him away from me Satan away from me you spirit of fear for it is written it is written worship the Lord your God and serve him only so it's the word of God without this word friend you're going to the Kosciuszko mountains in your underwear trust me you don't want to end up up there within, in, your, in, your, in your long johns, trust me. Luke 10, 19, Jesus has given us this authority. We can declare it, pray it, believe it, decree it. You've got to open your mouth and declare, no, we're going to surf that point. We're going to go to the Kosciuszko Mountains. We're going to take that land. We're going to deal with that sickness. We're going to deal with that thing that marital problem, we're going to deal with that, and you have to confess it and declare it and decree it with your spoken word. For it is written, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. As Paul said in 2 Timothy, again, 1-7, for God, don't, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of spirit of love, power, and discipline. 1 John 4 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because no one who's in you is greater. I'll say it again. You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Psalm 23 verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. You comfort me. Proverbs 3, one says, I'm giving you this scripture on purpose. Take it down. It'll bless you. My son, do not forget my teaching and keep my commands in your heart. Read your Bible. Read your word. Do it daily. It will help you lead and go into your best life. How do you renew your mind? That's easy. There's even a scripture. We used to quote it all the time. The Bible says, That people perish through lack of knowledge. People shrink back. People are dismayed. People are afraid. People stop. People stop going on adventures. People stop taking ground. They just start to try and defend their one acre of their salvation rather than take the promised land. You know what? I'm just going to find a little place there near that river, and that's me, buddy. I'm just going to forget this mountain business. Forget all the rest of the land. Someone else can have that. But are you, uh, you, man, uh, for me, I want to take as much ground as possible for this church, for my grandchildren, for this city, for our God, I want to take ground. I just don't want to, you know, say, okay, we've got this far, let's just bunk down here and let's just enjoy this victory. No, we need to take ground until we go home to be with Jesus. John 8:32 says then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Philippians 4:8 and I said it and I and I'll say this if you are taking anything in I'm done now but if you're taking anything in that is polluting your mind corrupting your mind now you know the movies that are corrupting you and polluting you. I turn them off all the time. I get 5 minutes. I give them some grace. I give them 10 minutes. If I give them more than that I'll give them 15, but if I'm realizing this thing is polluting me, all right, turn it off, excuse yourself, walk away from it. If it's someone conversing with you, if it's someone telling you a dirty joke, if it's someone maligning your God and putting your God down or putting your friend down, say, hey, excuse me, I need to relieve myself. I don't need to be taking that in. Do you know a story, an impression, a vision, pornography is the same. Don't even look at the stuff because it can stay with you. It will stay with you and plague you. That's how the enemy overcomes the believer. He uses the mind. But we've got to be people. Why did God set God's people free? So that they would be a holy nation, that they would show the excellencies of Christ, that they would show that to the the dark nations, the, the nations that didn't know God, that God's holy people, the Israelites, would be this outstanding nature, outstanding nation of a, of, of a people that communicated with God and honored God and loved God and served God. And then, in fact, they showed His glory, showed His excellency, showed His wonderful nature through their lifestyle. God saved us for a reason. It's not to bunker down in this little one-acre salvation paddock and say, well, I've got salvation, man put a fence around there i don't want to know about anything else man but this other stuff they're talking about prayer and giving and and loving god and the nations and all authorities being given under him forget that i just want i just want here man i'm just going to light a little fire and bunk down in this little shack here at least i'm in the promised land at least i'm bound for glory I just hope no one visits either and, gee whiz, I don't want any friends either. I don't want any of these radical people around me. I'm just quite happy with my little picket fence and my little rose garden and my, you know. You're born for more than that. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, this is what we should be doing to renew our mind. We're a holy nation. We're a people not pondering on the wickedness and, and you know, taking in. The, the evilness of the world. But the Bible says it like this. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Some some uh, some husbands need to look at their wives more and just and, and, and just ponder the beautifulness of their wives. Eh, hey, Jules? And just say, What excellent, trustworthy, awesome, admirable. You're just awesome. And stop looking at everything else. And look at your wife, man. And just... I gotta do that. I'm preaching to myself. Numbers 14, 24. Did you say amen then? <laughs> Numbers 14, 24. But because of my servant Caleb has a different spirit, say different spirit, and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land. Say into the land. I'm done. It's all standing. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had to get that out. Whoa, Father. Help us. Help us stand against that spirit of fear. We break its hold right now off the people of God. Lift your hands high right now. In Jesus' name, we recognize the enemy's plans. The battle lines have been drawn. The battle is in the mind. Lord, you've spoken through your your apostle Paul. You said to him that the mind is is our greatest tool in our life. We can architecturally design our life, of our future, of our family, of our marriage, of our business. Our mind is awesome. People, you've been given a mind. Respect it. Treat it well. Feed it well. Ponder on good things, excellent things, trustworthy things, admirable things. Ponder on God and His Word. And as you do, God will give you great faith. God will give you boldness. And you will walk out the length and breadth of your land. I can see on the horizon so much more for so many people. And I see so many people bunkered down into their one acre. And I'm telling you, there's 33 acres out there for you for some people. There's 33 acres and your joy is in there. Your prosperity is in there. Your better marriage is in there. Your flourishing business is there. Your children being blessed and flourishing is in there. There's more to take. There's giants, the problems, but don't overinflate the problems. Don't overinflate. You're not a grasshopper. You're a child of God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're born again. You've got the mind of Christ. You can hear Christ. You can know Christ. You can know the preferred future for a whole city if you chose to believe that. If you choose to believe that, say amen. You can win. You're a winner. You can be successful with the mind of Christ. You're not defeated. You're not pre- you haven't got a spirit of fear. You have got a spirit of love, power and sound mind right now. Lift up your hands and receive it right now. Right now in the house of God. Receive that. You haven't got a spirit of, of fear that comes from the devil. God is not the author of fear. God is the author of faith. Love power and sound mind i bless you from head to toe in the power of god's spirit be deluged be filled though you walk through the the valley of the shadow of death you will fear no evil you will fear no evil god is with you at your right side with his rod and staff god is there with you for every trial every problem every disagreement god is right there in the power of god may your business be blessed may your marriage be blessed may your health be blessed Fight the fight of faith. Live the life of faith. Begin the adventure. Get your hope. Let's not be outdone by two whippersnappers going to the Kosciuszko Mountains. Let's go for our own adventure and win the spiritual land that God's given us, the promised land in Jesus' name. Holy Father God, we cut off the head of the spirit of fear. We cut it off right now. We come against that Hittite spirit. We come against that spirit of dread and fear. Lord, I'm praying for healing to our children. I'm praying for our children that are oversensitive and fearful of the world. Right now I'm praying this. Pastor, I'm praying for our children that are fearful of our world. I know the, the world is somewhat out of control, but still our children should be able to walk out and engage life They need to grow up and get jobs and do sports and have great jobs and be able to approach people and express themselves and who they are. Right now, we declare our children are people of faith. Our children have the spirit of faith in Jesus' name. We break off that spirit of fear off our children. We break it off in Jesus' name. Our children are spirit-filled, born again. They have the mind of Christ. They're new creations in Christ. Their old mind is gone. Their old carnal mind is gone. They have spiritual minds. They don't just subscribe to the five senses of of life. They subscribe to the Holy Spirit, prompting, whispering, nudging, and the comfort and the power of God's Spirit to lead them on into their best life in Jesus' name. And the saints say, and the saints say, If you need to be born again if you're not sure of your salvation just close your eyes right now father in heaven if there be anyone in this house this morning just need to make sure of your salvation i've got a one-minute prayer for you one minute prayer that you just need to say jesus i accept your your life of faith for my life i've been living in fear and dread i've been living in anxiety lord i want to come into the care and comfort of your kingdom i want your kingdom to affect my life i don't want this world constantly lying to me and influencing me to be to be fearful and anxious lord i want my mind if you want that and if you if you're just not sure of your salvation i'd love to pray for you if your hand would go up on the count of three i would be honored to pray for you we're going to all pray together and right where you're standing and you can walk out of this place knowing christ as your Lord and Savior. He has a promised land for you. He has your best life for you. It's a land of so many great promises, but you've got to acknowledge Him. You've got to say yes to Him. And that needs to come from your heart of hearts. I want to lead you through a prayer to do that. If that's you right now, from the front to the back, to this side, to this side, I want to pray for you. I want you to receive this prayer as a as a, as a prayer of faith and a declaration to heaven that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. If that's you right now, I want to pray for you. On the count of three, one. You might have done this years ago, but now it's just become a a gray area in your life. You're not quite sure if you're saved, if you're bound for heaven. If anything should happen, you need to know. You need to know that you're bound for heaven. If anything was to happen for Tim McGrath, we would know he was bound for heaven. But in Jesus' name, he's going to live a much longer life. And the saints say amen. If that's you, if you need salvation from the front to the back, just lift your hand right now in Jesus' name. If that's your friend next to you, if that's your friend behind you in front of you, just lift your hand. It's easy peasy. It's your faith in between you and God. You're not joining a church. You're not becoming religious. Is that a hand at the back that's praise God? If that's another hand in here, right now, right now, there's a there's a I just sense that there's someone who just needs to respond. Here's the other one. If you want from this moment on, you want to live by faith. If you want to live by faith and you want to say no to fear right now. Just put up your hand right now as a declaration to heaven. That's awesome. 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 You want to live by faith? I do. I'm putting my hand up. Praise God. So Father everyone with their hands held up high. Father we believe in your son Jesus who walked the earth, performed miracles who died on the cross for our sin, for our fears for our sicknesses for our lack of faith. Jesus, forgive me now of all my sin, of all my fears, of all my anxieties. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I want to live by faith in your presence. And I want to subscribe and allow your kingdom to influence my life all the days of my life. I want to be an adventurer. And I want to take more land in my soul. I want to take more land in my life for the sake of all those ones around me, Lord. I'm not just happy with salvation, but Lord, I want my promised land. I want all the promises that beckon me. And Lord, I pray for faith in my heart to arise. And I pray for that different spirit like Caleb had to arise in my heart right now. And that I would hear heaven and be, Lord, led out into your grandest plans, into your mighty adventure of living a prosperous life. And the saints say...